Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Uh, if you have any Q's, I will give the A's. You do the Q's, I'll do the A's. How's that sound? Right, so um, today, 5th of January, 2021, the uh, uh, New Year lockdown was announced yesterday, and I think that uh, will obviously be a hot topic, uh, which I am happy to discuss, and uh, leads me to my first question which is uh, during this national lockdown, Jackie's here, nice to see you. Can I still book a face-to-face consultation? And that's that's the question on everyone's lips, isn't it? Um, so what's the answer to that question? The uh, short answer is yes, you can. The uh, situation with this lockdown is, is different different to the lockdown in March because the lockdown in March we were just uh, if you can imagine can you remember can you remember February (laughs) do you remember February when we were sort of walking in the street and like you know when someone won in a game show they give them a hug during those times Um, I mean I love antiques road trip and whenever they do a deal they shake the hands and I'm like oh my god that must have been shot a while ago um back in the day Donna is in the house big up yourself Donna um so anyway yeah so back in March when the last lockdown happened we were just willy-nilly going close to each other and giving each other's hugs and goodness knows what so yes we did close uh, and stop face-to-face consultations back in March however when we opened in July I think it was things were significantly different and things have um, moved on significantly. And if you look at certainly the, the way we treat people in in, uh, in my clinic now compared to how we treated you in, in February, it's significantly different, both good and bad. I mean, it's good, obviously good because it's safer. Uh, we're all wearing PPE, we're distancing, we're only allowing one person in the clinic at a time. That does mean, I mean, it's bad because the service, I feel the service, doesn't feel quite so good because if you turn up early, we say, please, can you sit in your car? We don't give you a cup of tea. You have to sit in one chair that we wash down. We don't use the sofas and things like that. So there are, there are you know, elements of the service which I feel I would prefer to give a better service and obviously shake your hand and say, how are you doing? So, you know, we are limited in that. But in terms of the spread of the uh, coronavirus, it's significantly um, safer and it's actually a very safe environment because we can distance ourselves and as i say have only one person in a in at a time uh and so uh for that reason during this lockdown medical clinics are remaining open so uh, we are remaining open as we are in a medical clinic we don't really do any non-surgical work it's all surgical work and elective surgical work is still is still progressing. What I'm talking about here is I am talking as of nine minutes past seven on the 5th of January, full disclosure, you know, things could change in the next hour, in the next day, in the next week, in the next month. I don't know how things are going to change. I don't think know how things are going to progress. And I think we all know that things can change very quickly. Um, But at the moment, medical clinics are maintaining still open. Having said that, we are doing as much as we can um, uh, um, remotely. So we have got video consultations set up. We have got, we can share slides. I can go through before and after photos with you. Um, you can send us a photo if you want a comment or an opinion on uh, on it. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable with video consultations, we can obviously do phone consultations. So we have embraced that and we have been doing that quite, quite a lot. Um, already uh, a lot of the measures we're already doing so we are doing what we can in a virtual way and the advice is um, that we should 
work from home if we are able to work from home. So I am able to work from home to an extent, but I can't work from home completely because I do have to see and treat patients. So therefore I do, I will still have clinics. This clinics will still be going on for people who need to be examined, who need to be seen. Um, treatments are still going on in terms of surgery. And if you have any problems or any issues or any concerns, you can certainly come back uh, to the clinic and we will see you and that is all fine. What we don't want is for people to stay at home with a problem and think they can't come. Um, so please do get in touch with us if you are worried about anything or if you um, have any questions, please do get in touch or ask me here or whatever, you know. Um, the main thing or one of the main uh, issues that we have is that we don't want to burden the NHS. So we have to be very aware of that. And I think one of the questions I've got today is about quite a big operation someone wants. So we've got to be very aware that we do not want to burden the NHS. So we don't, particularly ITU, we don't want to do anything that could require an inter-hospital transfer into ITU. Um, I've never had an inter-hospital transfer into ITU. We can safely say, but still, it's a, it's a thing that can happen. So we need to be careful and be aware of the sort of operations that we're doing um, to try and um, reduce the risk of that, because we certainly don't want to be making um, more work for the NHS. Uh, but at the same time, we want to try and keep the wheels moving. If people have got things that they're concerned about, things that they're worried about, then they can still get in touch. We will do what we can in a virtual world. And if they need, to, if you need to come to clinic, if you need to be examined, if you need to, to be seen, then we are able to see you because we have quite uh, stringent precautions in place uh, and measures in place to make it safe for us and for you. Because you know we, you know we don't want to expose ourselves in any any more than you want to expose yourself. So. Um, no, a bit wrong, I suppose myself, you know what I meant. Um, so yeah, that's where we are. So, um, you know, we're hoping it's the final lockdown. So yes, we're hoping it's the final lockdown and uh, we're gonna get through this and we're gonna do what we can. And we are doing what we can. So that's that, come back at me if you want. Donna's right back at me. Donna's got a question. Donna's got slight lymphedema in my forearm. Four months post-op brachioplasty. Aaron, any recommendations to help, please? Also, part two. And your recommendation for scars, please. Four months post-op brachioplasty, 360-degree body lift and lipo. Wow. They're starting to stretch slightly. Upper arms very slightly hypertrophic. Not bothered by them as much better than pre-op. Thank you. Um, Donna, okay. Um, liking your Christmas jumper on, the, um, on your picture. Um, she's on Facebook, Instagram. She's got a little, uh, faith of Christmas jumpers, his and hers. Liking that very much. Classy. Classy. Um, so, first thing, Donna. Donna, are you my patient? I say, I never recognize your name, but are you, I don't think you are my patient. So, if I would say go to your, talk to your surgeon is my first disclosure because I always feel a bit uncomfortable um, talking about things four months post op because that's we're still in the sort of. In the, I would still call that the early post-op period, Donna. And uh, so you really need to talk to your surgeon about what the uh, recommendation is in terms of scar management, and particularly if you're uh, developing hypertrophic scars. But I can talk in general terms for general people. and uh, Don't take this as um, advice specifically for you. Um, uh, I'm not sure if, well, it might be lymphedema in your, in your arm if there's lymph nodes have been involved. Uh, in, in during the uh, brachioplasty, but it may just be edema of your arm. Um, lymphedema is a specific condition which can be quite problematic uh, and can be quite difficult to treat. The, uh, again, so what this is why you need to really talk to your surgeon and get a, you know get an eye angle on whether it is lymphedema or or just a bit of edema. Um, if it's edema, then elevating your arm can be uh, good. Obviously, that's best, but it's not great, isn't it? Watching telly like that, but maybe like that, just trying to keep it above the level of your heart. Uh, you know, keep you when you're sitting down, keeping your arm on your shoulder when you're lying in bed at night. Maybe resting on your on your on your chest. You know, keeping it above the sort of vertical level of your heart can help with uh, with swelling. Um, if it's lymphedema, then there are things that can be done. The compression stockings can be used. Um, dra uh, manual uh, drainage massage can can help. Um, and you have got to be a little bit careful in terms of infections, etc. Um, in terms of the hypertrophic scars, 
four months is quite early days, but it's something to watch. Things like silicone gel, silicone sheets, uh, if they are a, a problem, then you could move on to things like steroid injections could be thought of. But I think probably in my first instance, I'm, I'm thinking elevate, uh, possibly compression, uh, although you've got to be careful with compression because it's got to end somewhere. And I'm not sure what sort of scarring. Usually the scarring goes up into the armpit. So it's it normally has to, you can't sort of get, it's hard to get compression across the shoulder. So um, that can be an issue. Compression can be an issue. And um, maybe lymphatic massaging if you uh, if, if it is thought to be lymphedema. And there are specialists in lymphedema who uh, specialist nurses and, and people who work within lymphedema, if that is looking like what you're getting. But I suspect, to be honest with you, Donna, four months post-op, it's probably just a bit of edema, a bit of swelling, which is normal after surgery, particularly with an extremity with a limb. Angela, good evening. And uh, Donna's back at me. Go, Donna, go. Thank you. Uh, he's given me advice with drainage and compression. Just appreciate advice from others too. Had a physical check and been confirmed slightly with edema by an endocrine breast plastic surgeon. There you go. Look at that. We've got it there. So um, so there you go, Donna. Good. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, dra drainage. Drainage meaning um, manual drainage, I'm assuming you mean, Donna. Um, and compression. Yes. Good. Yeah, there you go. So I hope we're on the same page on that one, Donna. Uh, good luck. With that, what we got going on, we got Rosalina on Instagram wanting a breast lift. Oh, God, get this off because it's confusing. Wanting a breast lift. Unsure whether to get just a lift or add implants. Think they might still be droopy with just a lift. Is it best to get a lift and then always get limb implants later on? Good question, Rosalina. That's a good question, team, from Rosalina. Um, tricky, tricky, tricky. That's a tricky one. Um, I would say, Rosalina, if you want a breast lift, if you've got a problem with your breast, the shape of your breast, a breast lift is the best way to treat that, and a breast lift is the way to go. My advice, and everyone's different on this, which means that there's no right or wrong answers, and it's people's opinion. At the end of the day, it's your opinion that matters, to be honest with you. Um, my sort of angle on it is that if it's just the shape you don't like and you're okay with the size, I would say to you, don't have implants, just have a lift. Now, having said that, what I do, what I, what I will do, what I would do is I would show you photos of what can be achieved with a lift. Because when you have a lift, the, implant, the breasts are like that, and then they settle. And some people look and think, oh, I'm not sure I'm happy with them settling. I want them to be a bit fuller. And I'm like, well, actually, if you want them fuller, that, that what I would call sustained upper pole fullness can only be achieved with implants. So if you do want them fuller, then implants will make them fuller. But implants carry with them complications and potentials and risks, and implants will make them bigger. So if you don't want them bigger, I'd be like, well, I'm not sure if I'd have implants just because you want the shape to be fuller. I would maybe see how you go and see if you're happy with the shape, because obviously you can wear a bra and things like that. Um, if you want them bigger, that's a different question. So if your breasts are a bit droopy and you want them lifted and bigger, then I think implants then, okay, then fair enough, implants. You know, you're probably not going to be happy if you don't have implants because you're going to be about the same size if you don't have implants. But if you're happy with the size, it's a difficult group of patients who, uh, not a difficult group of patients, but it's a, it's a discussion to have. If it's droopy and you're happy with the size, you have to be happy with the shape that can be achieved with a lift because it isn't as full as what can be achieved with implants. If you want that sustained fullness in the upper pole, then implants really do give that sustained fullness. Now, having said all of that, there's a lot of surgeons who don't do lift and implants together. They would routinely stage it. So if you're not sure and you think, oh, I'm not sure, it's perfectly reasonable to just have the lift and see what you think. You might be happy with, this, with the shape of the lip, a lift and then happy days. If you're not, you could always have a implants later and that actually in terms of the risks the complications would actually be uh, a safer way of doing it to actually stage it to do to do the lift first and see if you're happy now having said that it's a little bit more expensive if you do it stage it and also obviously it's two operations two times off work two times of recovery etc so a lot of people do want it in one operation i do offer it in one operation but um I warn people it has got a high uh, complication rate, a high risk, uh, a, a, a chance of, of, of risks, high chance of risks. It's not right, is it? High risk, high chance of complications, high chance of risks. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so it has got a high uh, 
complication rate with a lift with implants but in people who are unhappy with the shape and the size it's the best way to do it but if it's just shape I think there's a lot to be said for just going for a lift and seeing if you're happy with the shape and, and you send here super droopy breasts nine stone weight loss go girl well done no volume in upper breast don't really want bigger just normal shape in that case rosalina my feeling and my um i'm edging just from what you're saying is to have an, a lift on its own see how you go but you have to be comfortable with the shape that it gives because what we don't want to do is spend loads of money on a lift the shape settles and you think hold on a minute what's going on here one of them up there you know they were up there initially and now they're not up there anymore you have to be you know you have to be aware that's going to happen pre-op because we don't want to get any surprises post-op because then you might rightfully be a bit cheesed off so we don't want that we don't want cheesed off so uh it would be something that we would um or you know i would talk to you about so yeah you're welcome uh rosalina uh there you go donna says thank you thank you aida says good evening good evening aida so uh finch is in the house look at that mm -hmm. going great guns so far um thank you for that donna and thank you for that rosalina uh i've got a question here is it more common for capsule contracture to happen after exchanging implants yes it absolutely is and that is the reason why if someone comes to me with a capsular contracture I would always say to them, leave it as long as they can, because if you change your implants, you're going to get another capsular contracture. Capsular contracture is just scar tissue forming around the implant, which makes it feel hard. That's what a capsular contracture is. It's not the implant going hard. It's the scar tissue. It's your body forming scar tissue around the implant, contracting around that implant, making it feel hard. And when we do surgery, we create more scar tissue. Doesn't matter who you are no matter what sort of surgeon, you know, any surgeon, when they let us out a patient and we're going to create, create scar tissue, that's all we do. So obviously you can, we can remove the old scar tissue and put new implants in, but that's going to create, that's more traumatic operation than the first operation when you had them put in. So a capsular contraction comes quicker second time around. So if you have a bit of a capsule and you think, oh, I don't really like it, it's got a bit hard, so can I have them changed? I'll be like, well, actually, the longer you leave it, the better, because if I change them now, you know, if you've only had them five or six years or whatever, Change them now. What happens if you get another capsule contraction in three or four years? If you can, the longer you leave it, the better, because then you start the clock ticking later on. So yes, it does come quicker after exchange. Simple answer. So leave it as long as you can, folks, is my advice to you. Evo, Evo one. In fact, that's long underscore Evo, long underscore one. Nice handle, Evo. Hi. My partner's ears have split from wearing heavy earrings. She has had repaired once before. Is it possible to repair for a second time? I want to repair my ears for a second time. Yes, it is, Evo One. It's possible to repair for a second time. And that is the problem. When, when the ears have split, the, when you repair them, it's always going to be weaker than it was before, than normal skin. So what I not, there's two ways I would, I would uh, do it. One way is just to repair the hole or, or you know, close up the hole or close up the split and then get them pierced elsewhere on the lobe. Get them pierced either side of the scar, because if you get them pierced near the scar, scar tissue is weaker than normal skin, and so it can easily put, pull through again. There is a way to repair them keeping the original hole by re supporting the, the hole with, with two flaps of skin uh, to support it, and then you do keep the same hole, but it's a little bit more of a bigger operation. Oh, my English is terrible a little bit more of a bigger operation god did i say that looking at transcript tonight it's going to be a shocker i have to edit it it's a little bit of a bigger operation when you do when you keep the hole um and so if you if you i'm not sure did she have it just repaired and then have it pierced near the scar um so probably the easiest is to have it repaired and then get your ear pierced elsewhere from the you know away from the scar somewhere else on the lobe but uh, absolutely fine to have it repaired a second time. But the problem is, you know, you can have more scar tissue. So you have got to be careful with heavy earrings. You know, if, you, if it has split once, even though you have it repaired, it's going to be weaker. So you have got to be careful with heavy earrings because you are a high risk of it, it, it putting through again. Um, so that is something to be aware of. Oh, we've got emojis going on in Instagram. That's good. Um, now, Liz, first up, Liz, uh, can I just point out, everyone, Liz has used the appropriate hashtag, ask JJ. 
Um, I don't know if anyone's aware, but that is the hashtag we are um, looking to set trending on a Tuesday night. Um, ask JJ. Um, I think we're I think we're pretty close. You know, I think we've we've got. Um, Low single figures, you know, low single figures of people using the hashtag, but still. Um, hashtag Ask JJ, how can I reduce the chances of infection when having a breast uplift? I keep seeing it described as at the T junction, and I almost feel it's inevitable. Yep, that's a fair point, Liz. And I, and I, I won't say it's inevitable, but I th would say it's common. It is common, no question. Uh, it is it's common to get infection at the T junction. Liz, the problem is. Well, two things. I'll take in general terms about about why you get it, and then I'll talk about how you would reduce your risk of, of of getting it. So you get it because it is the tightest point. It's the tightest point of a of a of a of a um, of a lift. It's that that T junction is the tightest point, and so if you're gonna get a wound breakdown, if you're gonna get infection anywhere, that's where you're gonna get it. Um, so it's not uncommon to get it at that T junction, and. A lot of plastic surgery, or at least a lot of body contouring surgery, slash, or maybe, well, maybe not liposuction. Anyway, a lot of body contouring surgery is closing things tight because you want things to be tight. When you do a lift, you want it to be tight. So you could say, well, how do we as surgeons reduce the risk of wound, wound breakdown? Well, we, we could close it less tight, but then you're going to get less tight of a lift, less of a lift. So we're going to get the balance right. We want to give you a good lift. We want to make the skin tight. You know, same with the tummy tuck, same with the facelift, same with an arm reduction. You know, you want to keep it tight because that's the point of doing the surgery. But at the same time, we don't want the wound to break down. So we've got to get that balance right. And so that's why you often get a wound breakdown there because we want to close it tight because we want to give you a, a tight breast because that's the point of a breast lift. Now, how can you reduce your risk of, of infection? Well, um, you know, surgically, we can try and get it right. Uh, but as I say, we we always try to make it perfect. But if you do too little, you still have a bit of a droop. And if you do too much, you get wound breakdown. And much as we always try to get it perfect, you know, there's a chance that it might not be perfect. And, you know, I would always try and make it as tight as I can, to be honest with you. Um, uh, and so there is a risk that you might get some breakdown there. Uh, people often call it infection. Usually, it's just a little bit of breakdown. It doesn't usually a bit red and a bit angry so it doesn't really get overtly affected it's just a bit of a nuisance so you might need dressings for a bit longer that's the usual if you're going to get a problem that's the that's often the case you just get a, a dressing down there which is a nuisance but once the scars settled the, the the sorry once the breasts are settled the scars hidden up in the fold so it's actually not you know not a disaster because the scar is often hidden it might be a bit thicker than we would have liked but it's hidden up in the fold and it's at the cost of getting a better lift so um what what can you do to, to reduce it so as i say there's surgical factors and there's, there's patient factors if your weight is right it'll be better so if you're overweight you've increased risk of wound healing problems if you smoke it's a disaster liz so if you're a smoke i would just forget it i just wouldn't even have a lift if you smoke so for goodness sake don't smoke um uh, and just be positive, good diet, fresh fruit and veg, um, eat healthily, positive attitude. Um, and, you know, try not to worry about it too much. As I say, you might get a little bit of breakdown there, but usually it's just treated with dressings uh, for, for a few days, maybe a couple of weeks. Um, but it's at the cost of getting a better, a better lift. But uh, it's not inevitable, but it, but it can happen. Jane, that answered my question. Did you ask a question, Jane? Or did something I've said already said ask a question anyway? Right, Olivia, we're coming in thick and fast. We've got Instagram and we've got Facebook. Look at that, Olivia. Evening, JJ. Hope you are well. I'm mega concerned due to have an ultrasound on my stomach on Thursday. My surgeon said it's not a seroma, but does not know what's happening. I'm frightened. It's like the center of my stomach is hard and raised, prolapse, fibrosis. Wow, okay. Um, so, Olivia, you've had a tummy tuck when relatively recently, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Olivia, this is a problem. I think if you have got a, a problem relatively soon after your surgery, in the first few months after your surgery, it really is your surgeon who is best placed to help you with this. It's hard for me. I didn't do your surgery. I don't really know what, what has been done. I haven't examined you. Um, it's good you've seen them. They're arranging an ultrasound, which is great. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, prolapse. Uh, I, prolapse is usually 
not this is not prolapse prolapse is usually downstairs um fibrosis is just scar tissue so yeah maybe it's scar tissue i don't know how long since your surgery um uh by prolapse i think you mean, mean hernia so it could be hernia um that, that's a possibility uh but it's difficult olivia it's difficult it's difficult for me i'm in a difficult position here because if someone's immediately post-op they really need to work with their surgeon rather than someone else you know it's not right if it was my patient and they went and asked some other chap or some other person you know i'd be like well and then they came back to me and said well so and so said this i'm like well you know you're my patient i've done the surgery i know what's going on i'm organizing the investigations i'm organizing the tests and i will look after you so i think uh, that's really where i would be going olivia and it's good that they've seen you it looks like they're taking you seriously they're doing a test uh, an ultrasound so um just go with it go with it olivia and uh, and good luck good luck with that and you've used the ask jj hashtag well done bit of an afterthought but hey you know and you got it the right way around so it's not all bad so that's good what is going on on instagram instagram's going bonkers where are we up to I've got a wave evo that's great your clinic is calling me back tomorrow awesome evo i hope they're helpful um are breast implants not a good idea for someone with lupus no i wouldn't say um i wouldn't say that at all nikki what the main question i'd have nikki is are you on medication for your lupus um, so if you're on medication that might uh, reduce your sort of immunity you might um, have an increased risk of infection and infection is a big deal with implants we do worry a lot about infection with implants so if you are on a medication that might uh, be a thing if your lupus is se severe then what we would probably do is talk to the doctor who's looking after your lupus to say look is it optimized is there anything we can do to make the, lup the lupus um, uh, less of a problem less of a flare-up uh, if not if it is optimized then we'd have a discussion with you as to uh, it, as I say, if there was an increased risk of infection, then that was a, that's a conversation we'd have to have. But we'll probably talk to it to you with uh, with your doctor looking after your lupus to get advice on that. Kim, hi, asked JJ, could you explain what splitting stitch is, please? Hope I've said that right. Why doesn't happen? Doesn't your body need these stitch? Oh, spitting, I think you mean. Why does it happen, I tried to say. I think you mean spitting, yeah, Kim. So um, that's usually in surgery like uh, tummy tucks, breast or uh, breast reduction, not not so much augmentation. Big wounds. Um, when you do a tummy tuck, when you do a breast reduction, big areas have to be closed under tension. And um, in order to close the tension, what we do is we use deep sutures to take the tension off the wound before we put our skin suture in. And if you look back at one of my videos, I've got a video on YouTube, which, by the way, I've got a thousand subscribers on YouTube. You heard me. One thousand subscribers on YouTube. If ever there was a doubt of this guy was a social media influencer, I think we can all agree that he's arrived. A thousand. We've got a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So uh, anyway, so there is a um, thank you there. <laughs> Um, so there is a uh, video on YouTube where someone said, uh, "What's the? Um, uh, how long does dissolve sutures take to dissolve?" And I ramble on. I apparently a lot of people have commented saying he's rambling on uh, about it because the answer is there's no there's there's lots of different types of dissolvable sutures. So when you're doing something like a tummy tuck or a breast reduction, you use long-term dissolving sutures deep. And then you put you put a dissolving suture in the skin, which is a shorter term dissolving suture. So the one in the skin dissolves more quickly than the one deep. Now, sometimes if a suture is in your body for a long time, your body gets cheesed off, particularly the knot. They'll say, oh, the suture takes three months to dissolve or six weeks to dissolve or something. But they're talking about the suture there because it's surrounded by water. When you have a knot, the outside's only surrounded by water, so the outside will dissolve, but the inside will take longer to dissolve. So if it takes a long time to dissolve, it'll get to the stage where your body will say, I've had enough of this, you're out, mate. And it spits out the foreign body. The suture is basically a foreign body, and it spits it out. And so you can get little localised areas with breast, say classically breast reductions, tummy tucks, are the sort of classics, where you get little bits of this suture, the dissolvable suture, usually a vicral, it's a braided suture. Uh, braided means it's sort of like a shoelace as opposed to a monofilament, which is like a, a fishing line. And um, 
and so there's more so the the sutures takes a long time to dissolve and your body's and it spits out and you're absolutely right it doesn't need it's usually some months after surgery so the usually the wound is pretty well healed so you don't actually need it for the integrity it's not a worry that the wound's going to break down but it's just not very nice because people think oh, i've got an infection i've got all this pus coming out and stuff like that because it's usually a little bit of yellow stuff which actually is pus but it's usually not a systemic infection it's just a localized infection around the suture and once the suture comes out it settles so it can be a bit of a nuisance but um but that's what it is now i've got it uh Anne redmore sent a request to be in my live video now in my experience Anne, that is a mistake um of people not actually wanting to be in my video but you know i can i can go live with you Anne, if you want me too um but but I, I'm, I'm assuming it's a mistake because if i go if i press the button i'll end up in your living room and all the viewers at home will be able to see you in your living room just like they can see me so i don't know if you're ready for that sort of attention and because you know it weighs heavy on your shoulders when you have this many people uh, depending on you um What's going on? Um, Olivia, his mega concern. We've done that one. Ask JJ. Good, good, good. Yes, Olivia. It's very hard. Uh, it's very hard if my surgeon isn't telling me anything. I had to organize my own ultrasound. Oh, right. Okay. Well, Olivia, it's, yes, it is hard. And I think this is why prior to surgery, uh a lot of people will say what implant shall i have shall i have a textured one or a polyurethane or the smooth or a high profile or a this one or shall i have a flirt lee tummy tuck or shall i have a 360 or should i have a this or a mini or a what stitch or should i use a dissolvable stitch or a locking stitch or a should i use the glue or should i use drain what people get into all this stuff about the surgery and i'll always say to you most important thing is choosing the surgeon that's the most important thing. You've got to choose a surgeon, look for someone who's going to look after you, look for someone you get on with, because it is very important when you have issues like this. And, uh, you know, that is the thing you've got to look for, because to be quite frank with you, it is not going to make a huge amount of difference whether you have a glue or drains or locking stitches or polyurethane or smooth or um flirtly or a full or whatever you know there's you can see 10 surgeons and they'll give you different opinions as to the type of surgery you have the type of implant the type of this type of, it doesn't matter they're wrong or right it just means we've all got our own opinions we've all got our own experiences and we give you our opinion as to what we think might work well and it's really the surgeon you've got to look for rather than actually i wouldn't worry people these days get really on the internet and they're like oh i should have a should i have a pds to close the wound or would you use a monocryl or you know getting into these new minutiae shall i have the 275 high profile or the 315 high profile or the this or that they get into minutiae of stuff and i'm like well yeah you could i'm not saying it doesn't matter but it doesn't matter that much and yet people worry about it so much and yet they don't worry so much about the surgeon that they choose then they like you know they don't really do that much research on the surgeon i think oh god they think um they think so i think that's where the focus should be personally uh, rather than worrying too much about you know different techniques etc that's where i am anyway that's my view um what is going on on instagram what's everyone laughing at why is everyone laughing on instagram oh, i missed something um uh and it was a mistake good okay what uh sabotage sabotage 80 sabotage it's good <laughs> uh, with an a not an o um with with a breast reduction or lift how do you take the weight slash tension of the breast skin tissue i.e do you stitch the internal breast tissue hope that makes sense it does make sense and that's a good question sabotage because that is one of the issues and that is one of the reasons why it sort of settles because you're absolutely right there is tension there and uh, very good question sabotage and that is something that we're working and people are trying to fix and trying to do things to support the breast so that the weight of the breast isn't on the skin because if the weight is on the skin it's going to droop again and that's why it settles i'm not going to say droop but it does settle and in my practice i think the best thing is to take some volume out so if anything if someone's got a bigger breast 
and they're saying, look, I'm happy with the size. I just want to make the shape better. I'd sometimes say, actually, you know what? If you've got a bigger breast, if you've got like an EFG cup, something like that, I'm like, well, actually, if we took some volume out of the, particularly out of the lower pole, that would put less tension, so less likely to, to droop. That's the best way to stop it from drooping. There are things you can do to anchor the breast tissue up to the rib cage and there are prosthetic meshes you can put in these so-called internal bras that will take the tension off uh, to do just that to try and give a more sustained fullness in the upper pole and a more long-lasting result but they've got their own issues i personally don't use them i think the concept is sound i think the concept is good i think they are addressing a problem that exists i don't particularly use them because i think they've all got their own issues so i don't uh, you know weigh up the pros and cons and i'm and I'm, and I'm, I, I don't feel comfortable using them um, personally, but there are people out there who, who probably do use them. So, you know, again, no right or wrong. Um, but yes, it's, it's, it, is, it is a part of a, a breast reduction or a lift. And, and what you do technically, as, as far as a surgeon goes, is you mobilize the tissue as much as you can and you move the tissue up north. So you have to mobilize it quite a lot. It's not just removing skin. You're actually mobilizing the breast quite a lot to move it up north to try and uh, reshape the breast and that is the actual surgery of a breast reduction or breast lift but it is a an issue having the weight on there and that is a good question sabotage well done you um nikki tw79 i was wanting tummy tuck with some lipo and breast surgery would it be better to have surgeries together or separately also i am on the hydroxyquinone for the lupus now that is funny that you say that because someone else has asked a question here uh here we go you it's probably you isn't it i'm looking actually no it's, it's a different well uh nikki tw79 thank you for that question we've got one here would it be better to have surgery separately or you could have surgeries in one go because if you have anesthesia and recovery time uh, this person says i'm interested in tummy tuck with lipo and mastopexy augmentation what are you interested in yeah um i'm looking at getting surgery for a tummy tuck with liposuction and possibly breast uplift with implant had a hysterectomy three years ago with poor care and got a kidney infection and paralytic ileus, ileus which led to twisted bowel uh, and then developed sepsis. So surgery is daunting to me. Uh, right. Well, uh, well, that person there. Yeah. Well, so I think any surgery would be daunting to you if you've got all those problems. Uh, so, yeah, you need to think about any surgery. But in general terms, whether to have them together or separately. Um, the hydroxychloroquine for the lupus isn't an issue, I don't think, uh, Nikki. I don't think hydroxychloroquine is going to be an issue, although I would take advice from your doctor who's looking after it because I'm not an expert in that. So I would take advice on that, but I don't think that'll be a problem. Uh, but just in general, talking about, I mean, times have changed, to be honest with you, and tummy tuck with lipo and breast surgery would normally be fine. So-called mummy makeover, um, pretty routine to do, pretty standard to do. Uh, we have been doing some i have i have done some of these types of operations but usually on the lower end of the spectrum so maybe a tummy tuck with out lipo maybe a breast augmentation you know a tummy tuck with lipo and maybe a breast augmentation with implants that's sort of the that's expanding the time out so we're taking these on a case-by-case -case basis uh, because we are limiting the amount of surgery that we can do um and so particularly with a new lockdown and being very aware that we don't want to put pressure on the NHS and aware of the amount of surgery we do, I think we will be a bit more reluctant to take on bigger operations like these. Um, not because it's unsafe for you, it's a safe thing to do and it's something that used to be routinely done back in the day. But I think with all of the uh, COVID issues, we are limiting the surgery time and we also want to limit the risk of people requiring any help from the NHS, particularly in terms of intensive care, and certainly a longer operation, longer surgery does potentially increase that risk. As I say, it's never happened to me. No one's ever had to have that that uh, help. But I, on paper, it has happened in the world, and it will happen more likely on a longer operation. So I think these joint operations are going to be uh, curbed uh, somewhat during this time until things can get on a more even footing. Once things are on an even footing, we're not so worried about the uh, capacity in the NHS and we're not so worried about uh, uh, these problems. 
then certainly it would be possible to do, you know, tummy tuck with lipo and breast surgery at the same time. Uh, although, even though we can do them both at the same time, if, if we were in a situation where we could, we would have a discussion with you to see if it was right for you, because it's quite a big op. You know, it is quite a big, quite a lot to have both of those done at the same time, and it does knock you back. But it suits some people because they get one period of recovery. But like I was saying about the lifts with implants and the, um, you know, one period of recovery, one time off work. So it does suit some people, but it is quite a big thing to to do. Natty, are you continuing even with the lockdown? Yes, we are, Natty. Although we have got measures in place, we're doing much as we can virtually, and we're taking things on a case-by-case -case basis in terms of seeing people in clinic, but we are able to see people in clinic. We've got processes in place, so if you've got any questions, any concerns, if you need to be examined, if you need to be seen, you can still be seen. Um, we are open as a medical uh, facility, although um, no non-surgical procedures, not that we did any anyway, it's all surgical at the clinic. Um, uh, Evo's back in the house, it's me again. When you repair earlobes, are they just stitched or is plastic surgery also used? Are they just stitched, honestly? Um, are they just, Evo, come on. We don't just stitch anything. Plastic surgery is used 24 seven at my place. That's all we do, plastic surgery. We don't just stitch. What's the matter with you? Just stitch. Good God. Um, no, Evo, it's a, it's an art, Evo. Repairing split earlobes, would you believe? I've written a paper on it. And when you write a paper on something, uh, you realize there's hundreds of ways of doing it. But like belly button for the tummy tuck, I've written a paper on that as well. When you go into it, you research it. There's loads of people who've written papers, papers on it. So, um, so yeah, the reason is that the worry with repairing earlobes, since you've asked, is that the scar will contract. And particularly if it's a completely split earlobe, you worry that there'll be a notch in the earlobe if the, if the scar contracts because you want a nice smooth contour for the earlobe. So you have to avoid the scar contracting. And again, there's lots of different ways you can do it. People put in Z-plasties or put in different sort of, they'll move the tissue around basically to try and elongate the scar because you don't want it to, to, to uh, contract. So sometimes the earlobe looks a bit elongated afterwards. Um, and then in time when it does contract, it goes to look normal again. But it's uh, yeah, the, you you have to use techniques to make to make it uh, uh, less likely to contract. Contraction is an issue. So um, so yeah, on paper to the to the to the naked eye, it might look like it's just stitched Evo, but we have to do things when we're stitching it to try and elongate it to risk reduce the risk of um, contraction. Sabotage. Would you conduct breast lift and reduction under twilight if one has no health issues but a higher end BMI? Yes. Um, I mean, the, way, the only thing about the BMI is you've got to be happy with your weight, comfortable with your weight. Uh, if you want to lose weight, it's better to do that first rather than having surgery. Depends what you mean by higher end BMI, I guess. But yeah, you, that's absolutely fine. Breast lift and reduction can be done under twilight. That would be fine. Uh, blepharoplasty, bilateral, upper and lower, are you doing these? Yes, Maisie may lose. We are. Uh, I say we are. Um, that would be Kurum. Kurum is doing those. Kurum Khan, who works with me at the clinic. I don't do the, uh, the blepharoplasties. I don't do the faces. But yes, uh, that is still being done at the clinic um, at the moment. Um, so ooh, here we go. I have psoriasis, and I was wondering if that would have any effect on the gynecomastia procedure. Um, not really. I mean, I guess if you had active psoriasis in the area of the scars, uh, particularly if there's any risk of infection, uh, if, if it was quite active, then I think I would be a bit, I, I would postpone surgery until that, that flare-up had died down. But if there's no psoriasis over the area where you're having the scars, then no, not at all. If there is psoriasis over that area, that I'd want it to be pretty well quiet and pretty well treated before um, before making scars in it because I'd worry about infection. So I, I think uh, that would be my main concern, whether there'd be any uh, uh, psoriasis in the area where we're making the scars. But if not, no. And again, a bit like earlier, if you've got significant psoriasis, if you're on immunosuppressants, then that might affect your risk of getting infection, but it's less of a problem than uh, implants because there's no implants used with the gynecomastia so we don't worry quite obviously we worry about infection but not quite as much as we would for someone who are using implants um, how long would this procedure take uh, Maisie Mailer oh bilateral upper and lower 
Um, the problem, well, sorry, Maisie May, I, I, sorry, sorry, I've got to, I've got to revise my answer. Um, upper blepharoplasty can be done under local anaesthetic. Upper and lower is a different thing. Upper and lower would need um, an anaesthetic, probably a general anaesthetic for lower. So upper and lower blepharoplasties would take hour and a half, give or take, maybe two hours. You know, it's a bit of a procedure. I say I don't do it myself, but it it's a bigger procedure with lower. Um, and so are we still doing these? Again, this is something we'd have to do at the hospital. And at the moment, the hospital is still doing elective planned surgery. So we are still doing elective surgery at the hospitals. Things can change on a sixpence, but at the moment, we are doing elective planned surgery. Um, and it would take, yeah, about an hour and a half. And sorry, uh, so upper and lower is a little bit more complicated than just upper. Um, sabotage, what's the rough waiting time for booking surgery? Month or two, a couple of months, I think, sabotage. I guess it depends what it is. The local anaesthetic cases less would be weeks. General anaesthetic or, or local sedation would probably be a month, a couple of months, month or two, I think. I haven't really, I haven't really got the diary, to be honest, but uh, I think it's some other is it best to wait until post-baby to have my implants removed or delay pregnancy to have them removed first? I'm looking to have implants removed. I've had them about above tissue for five years. I've one child and looking to get pregnant in the next six months, sooner if we can. Is it best to wait until post-baby to have them removed or delay baby and have them removed first? Um, right, so you got implants in and you're looking to have another child. I would say it depends if the implants are causing you a problem. So if the implants are causing you a problem, then I will probably get them out sooner rather than later because then that gets rid of your problem. Um, but if the implants are not causing you a problem, then I would say that you should, the main thing is whether is the cosmetic out come from having the implants removed whether that's an issue or not so if that's not an issue and you just say look I've had enough don't want them anymore doesn't matter when you remove them if you are worried about the cosmetic outcome of having them removed and you're thinking well actually I might have something done like a lift or something like that to improve the shape when having them removed you would be better off waiting till you've finished your family because if you have a lift or, or have anything done at the time of implant removal and then you have a baby they could droop again and all sorts of things can happen. Obviously, when you have the implants removed, you're going to lose shape and volume in your breasts. You have to accept that whenever you have it done. Um, but if if you were thinking of having something like perhaps a lift at the time of the implant removal, I wouldn't do that prior to having a baby. I would say to have your baby first and then have them removed and then you can maybe decide whether a lift or something will be appropriate. So I guess if they're not causing problems with you, then uh, I wouldn't delay getting pregnant. I would go ahead and have your child and and, uh, and maybe have it later. Um, but if they are causing problems or if the cosmetic outcome is not an issue to you, it's no, there's no reason why you can't have it done now and then go and have children, uh, but it, um, more children, but it would change the shape of your breasts. Um, I done that question. Yeah, I have. We done that question, haven't we? Uh, what we got? Uh, thanks, JG. I didn't realise lower would require a general. Lower would require um, yes. Lower would require a, uh, a general or local insulation, but it, not pure local, Maisie. Um, you couldn't really do low. I, I don't think so. Anyway, probably best asking Kur on this, but but lower often involves a bit more of a sort of mid facelift um, and sort of tightening the cheek area. And a little bit more dissection down into this area. Uh, upper is just removing this skin in, in the upper lid, so it can be done under low anaesthetic. But lower usually needs a bit more anaesthetic because it needs a bit more work and a bit more dissection because it it uh, often um, contours and tightens the cheek. But uh, yeah, same for um, Kurum. Are the quests on your site for both? I don't know, but uh, if you put in a, 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 a um, a, a sort of inquiry and say I want a, a price for both and we can definitely send you a price for both or if you give me your email address somehow can you direct message me or something and just say what's the price for both I can send you the price for both or you know, my team I don't want a team to do it 
um you know so it is so it is Maisie you know get the team but anyway um, but definitely there, there, there is a price for both and so if you get in touch somehow we'll give you a price for both um sorry just going for sabotage back in the house sorry just going back to my question with the tissue and breast lift to clarify you don't stitch that's lift the internal breast tissue bigger breast obs as you said you may recommend reduction correct correct so what you do is what i do what i do people are different and some people do use sort of internal flaps and stitch them up high in the breast but if you're stitching breast to breast i feel the whole lot's going to droop so what i do is i yeah as you say obviously if you're taking volume out great but if not i'm just mobilizing the breast mobilize the breast up north and then close the skin and you rely on the skin envelope supporting the breast I feel that if you try and make a put a stitch of breast tissue to breast tissue or breast tissue to, to the fascia or something, I don't feel it's going to hold. Uh, so if you're going to do anything to support, there are prosthetic meshes and supports that are called it. They call them internal bras. There's different designs of them where you can put a prosthetic mesh in and then secure it either to the ribs or the periosteum to, to support it all, which is if you're going to do anything, that's the, the thing to do but I don't uh, put any stitches internally to sort of keep the breast up there. Um, I just rely on mobilizing the breast and using the skin envelope to, to support the breast. So um, that's where I am on that. So hope everyone's all right. Hope everyone's coping hope that we will all get the vaccine and all be happy and safe once this is all over. Thanks, JJ. I've already had a virtual conversation with you last year during the first lockdown. Would I have to pay for another with the surgeon who does the eyelid? No, you wouldn't, Maisie. Um, once you've had a consultation, you don't have to pay for the next consultation. Uh, it'd be lovely to see you again. Just remind them that you've already had one with me last year, um, but that would be fine. Um, so no, that'd be nice to be nice to see you or come to see you. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Beck Simmons one. TY sabotage. So um, I'm going to check out of here, guys. Um, check out and I will lie down. And actually, yes. Antiques road trip. Don't mind if I do. Happy New Year, JJ. And thank you. Thankful you. Thankful you for another informative Q&A. Jackie, you are a staunch supporter, and I, as is my private journey, happy new year. Happy 2021, guys. I know it's been a bit of a ropey start, but come on, let's be positive, um, and let's, you know, let's push through. Happy new year, everybody. I wish I could put something, can I put something on the screen? Can we, can we get a, can we get a happy new year? What's that? Happy new year. <laughs> Happy New Year, you beautiful people. <laughs> and I'm going to Facebook. I'm going to do it on Facebook. So I'm going to check out. Is anyone still on Facebook? I'm going to check out, guys. Um, and I will see you that same time next week. Uh, so, you know, don't be square. Be there, guys. Stop in the stream. Happy New Year to Facebook, too. Big up yourselves. Love you big time. Tuesday night, 7 p.m stop the stream network quality instagram let's get this have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag ask jj we'd love to hear from you